You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network as we bring you today a special episode of the show. It's not really special, it's just another episode about Survivor, Australian Survivor to be precise, and we are going to be recapping the fourth season that has just finished airing on our screens uh, within the last week at least time of recording this. Uh, generally, at the end of every season, we cover of a TV series. We like to recap it, go over the best bits, the worst bits, and everything else in between. And obviously, what we used to do back in our Survivor Oz days was kind of do an Oz cap where we would go over the season. Now, this isn't going to be quite as extensive as we would have done in an Oz cap, but just a summary of the show, going through the best, the worst bits, everything else in between. We're going to come up with some rankings as well and have a bit of a fun time because that's what we like to pretend we do here on the Oz Network. My name is Ben and you're not the boss, I'm the boss. And my name's Noah, and mmm, rodent. <laughs> uh, hashtag in-joke. Um, <laughs> but, you know, yeah. rodent. Well, there were rats in Samoa, I'm sure. We just yeah. didn't see them. Um, but yeah, welcome back, Noah. Welcome back, me. Welcome back, listeners. It's exciting to be here. We <laughs> thought we weren't covering Australian Survivor till next year, but uh, fuck it, we've done it in a few days. Um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we're here to go over season four, obviously, as I said, just finished on air. Noah, we obviously had you on for a round table a few weeks back. Um, you're into the swing of things with our lost coverage as well. So it's good to have you back on the show. But I guess starting off, as we generally do at the beginning, uh, kind of just a general overview of, I guess, feelings for this season. I know you obviously did a little bit about that on our round table only two weeks ago. So you've kind of got, well, two weeks worth of stuff to add to what you said a couple of weeks ago. But I guess now the season's over. We've had basically seven days to reflect on it, six days to be precise. You know, Jericho's the winner, spoiler alert. I mean, if you literally need spoiler alerts, and why the hell are you listening to this episode? Um, I mean, just vibes, feelings now that it's all done and dusted with for another season? Yeah, um, I really enjoyed it. I, again, I don't think it... Some people think it's the greatest Survivor season ever, uh, which, you know, people say that at the time when things are airing, things are either the best or the worst, and then as time goes on, uh, you know, people kind of calm down a bit on things, and, you know, it's up there with some of the American ones. I don't think it's a top ten one. Like, there are so many great quality American ones, but it was really good. The production was great. The editing, for the most part, was great. Jono LaPaglia, JLP, was really amazing this season. Like, huge up from the first one he did. Um, And, yeah, I think, you know, it's not perfect. There were some issues with it, but all round, you know, challenges. A fantastic cast. Um, Heroes, villains, characters to root for, characters to root against, uh, funny people, serious people. They kind of had it all... um, but, you know, it was a bit long. That's an issue with these seasons, I think. You know, I'm not going to be like some people and pretend I'm, I've stopped watching it because um, it was too long or whatever. Um, but, um, you know, even though it went really fast over the 10 weeks or so, like it went by in a flash, by the end it did feel like it was dragging for a bit. Um, so, you know, these seasons, you know, maybe 26 episodes is fine, but just make them 42 minutes long or something like that. Or, you know, I still think they would benefit from having a cast of 20 over 24 and, you know, 49 days or 39 days. But all round, it's just a massive upgrade from the uh, last year's Survivor, Australian Survivor, like massive. 
And, you know, I really hope this wasn't a fluke. Hmm. The big question now is, was this the beginning of something great? Because uh, last year's was okay. It had its ups and downs. It wasn't, it was kind of a little forgettable. But, yeah, is this the beginning of something great? Or was this just a fluke season? And that's what remains to be seen. Yeah, I think that's a very good point. And obviously, we should mention at the time of recording this, we don't know if this is going to be back or not next season. I mean, Channel 10 aren't having their upfronts, I think, till November 6, where they will announce what's going on. And there's been conflicting reports, kind of, whether or not we're going to have another season or not. We might touch on that a little bit later in the episode. But, um, yeah, I, I agree with, for the most part, everything that you said. I mean, I think this was definitely a, a very fun season. It, it had huge amounts of, you know, drama and, and the ups and downs throughout this season. The casting, like, I was so not looking forward to this cast. I remember in our preview episode with Andrew right at the beginning, I thought this cast was terrible. Uh, and on paper, it was. I'm going to be honest. I didn't watch any of the videos, so uh, maybe that's kind of what I needed to do. But on paper, this cast, to me, just looked bland and just I did not enjoy looking at this cast pre-season. But my mind obviously completely turned around post-season. I, I, I would argue this is the best cast we've ever had on Australian Survivor over the four seasons. Oh, yeah. Um, but I mean, like having said that, like, it's interesting. You were saying some people saying this is the best season ever. And I've recently, uh, been added to a, a Australian survivor fan group on Facebook, you know, with some very active voices on there. And I mean, look, I, I've only been a part of it for a week, so I don't necessarily know the whole extent of the history, but for the most part, a lot of these fans to me seems like, seem like they're, they're new fans to a show. They're new fans to Survivor. They don't have the history with the American one. So to them, this is amazing. It's the greatest thing. Somebody actually even posted in there, oh, I watched my first episode of the American one the other day. It's very different. And I'm thinking, like, <laughs> it's weird to kind of see it from the opposite perspective of people who watched this for a very first time going back to watch the American one, which obviously that's the case in Channel 10, as we've always said, has to cater to new fans of Survivor and sort of the people who are used to watching the American one. I, I still have a variety of issues with this, though, and I'm sure we can talk about through this episode. Um, I mean, a lot of people claiming that this has now surpassed the American version. Completely disagree. Uh, a lot of people saying this is like the best season of Survivor in the last five years. Completely disagree. Uh, this has many, many issues, which I think people overlook, given that, you know, that when we have really outstanding moments and episodes, they often forget that we also have rubbish episodes and to me we've had at least two three episodes this season that i would easily put in the bottom 10 worst episodes in the history of survivor um and i kind of think that that really has to balance out you know the good parts with the bad parts i think that again this show still has an issue with being way too long we don't need 26 episodes we don't need 24 cast members i mean we just need to condense this a little bit it's interesting hearing australian fans watching the current season of the us one saying oh it seems so rushed and it's like well no it's actually concisely edited and like really condensed perfectly i've rewatched in the last week worlds apart and i'm about 4 or 5 episodes into cambodia and just you can't go past the US season for its editing structure and just how it's put together, whether you like it on the first watch or not. Um, and I mean, I don't think that an Australian Survivor season, these two newer ones, and I watched season three back to back pretty quickly before this season, it doesn't hold up as well as the US ones. And this is where, like, when we get to ranking the seasons and we talk about, say, season one and season two of this show, which people just hate and want to avoid. I, I am really now standing up for those seasons because if you watch season one and season two over the course of a couple of days back to back, 
they hold up so much better than these seasons. So, yeah, I just I just feel that Survivor to me still is and always will be a once a week episode show, uh, forty two minutes, uh, and just you know r- tightly wrap it together because as I'm sure we can go over in this episode, there were plenty of things over twenty six episodes that just were just wasted. There was nothing we needed to see there, and just kind of some elements which just like well we were just wasted and watching it for no purpose. Yeah, I think. I think there are ups and downs because the American one is so well edited. Um, but, you know, I think one benefit of having 26 episodes is you really get to know everyone. Uh, like, in this cast, we got to pretty much know everyone. Did we? For... <laughs> no, I, we really did, except for Kate. Um, yeah, I think there's a few uh, more than Kate, though. That's my problem with it. No, I think this cast, we... Yeah, the editing sometimes, like, some of the players, like, we could have got more of Tessa, Jared, blah, blah, blah. Um, But I really felt like when each person got voted out, we got a sense of who they were and they got some airtime. Yeah, Det and Ben were invisible, but that was kind of their thing. And by the time they were out, they had had their little moments. So the American one, it's getting better with its kind of even editing. But the one thing, even though it is so well edited and so concise, is... They do struggle with, like, they pretty much have, like, eight stars in the season or something, and then everyone else kind of gets left behind. Uh, this season, the current one is doing a bit better, but that's one thing I do like about the the Australian one and the longer episodes over the American one is we don't really have those invisible characters as much as the American one kind of suffers with every season. Yeah, I see, I don't agree with that. I think we still suffer from that. That's my problem too, is that I think... Who was invisible? Well, I'll, I'm going to get to that. I mean, this is kind of a weird statement to make, but I think, like, uh, I, I agree with everything that you said in terms of this season did it better than last season on season three, but I would argue we got to know people in season three better than we did on season four. I mean, like, the... Someone like Luke, we need to have a lot of airtime because he's Luke. Like, he's just incredibly over-the-top and Luke-esque. But, like, there was just a string of episodes where everything was centred around Luke, everything was centred around Henry, everything was centred around Lockie. Oh, yeah, you know, but, definitely still the stars. But, we, like, but like t- to me, like, going through the cast, Peter had a huge invisible streak. We didn't get to know him till right at the end. Uh-huh. Michelle had a huge invisible streak. We didn't get to know her towards the end bit there. Ziggy, towards her end game, she went invisible. Uh, Sarah had invisible portions Tessa invisible portions Annalise invisible portions Jared invisible portions Adet who is she Ben who is she <laughs> AK Star Kent invisible portions Jackie invisible no, Mark and I Sam mean, were the think... stars of their episodes Amy I mean her blind side was basically oh yeah I remember Amy Tarzan Star Kate who Adam, yeah, she was. Uh, he was like there, but he was kind of like the early blind side. And Joan, well, I mean, she's the first boot. I just, yeah, I, I look, I see what you're saying, but I still think it's for a show that's 26 episodes and two, three episodes a week to have invisible people. I think it's un- inexcusable. I think, yeah, I mean, I think you're kind of misunderstanding. I mean, I'm not saying that people didn't have invisible streaks. I'm just saying by the time each person was voted out, they had done enough with each person. But yeah, Peter. Definitely for a third boot. Um, I don't know what it is with the third places, L and Peter, but he definitely could have had more. Um, you know, people definitely had invisible streaks, but what I'm saying is by the time they were voted out, like yeah. there are some players like, uh, like wasn't there like a double boot episode where Sunday and not Ben, what was the other young guy, Sunday and 
Uh, Will, was that are, we, are we talking about Millennials Gen X here? The or? Millennials and Gen X. Because you're yeah, talking about like Ben and Sunday. Episode. I'm like, hang on a minute, we had a cross season here? Or like, uh, yeah, well, don't I mean, don't ask Will me my Millennials Gen X knowledge. But... I'm not quite that far yet. <laughs> That's probably the season I'm least knowledgeable yeah, on. So, Absolutely um, the same. <laughs> for various reasons. But yes, I think it was a double boot with like Sunday and Will. It's like, who? Yeah. I mean, look, <laughs> I, look, I, 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 look I'm... I'm I definitely agree with the point that, yeah, I think you're right in terms of when they go. But, like, I mean, a weird comparison, New Zealand Survivor kind of, it had, I mean, I know they had eight less people on that show, but they were still doing two episodes a week and they they suffered from stagnated editing a lot more than Australian Survivor because we just got overuse of pointless editing scenes that we didn't need to see. But at the end of the day... I don't think New Zealand Survivor really had any invisible contestants. I think that we got to know Oh, them. I disagree with that. Well, point. I mean, there might have been your occasional one or two, but I would still say that... There's that first jury boot that I can't even remember his name. Um, but there were definitely... He had, like, long hair and... Oh, uh, I don't know, Mr. <laughs> McSheep or something. But, like, I... <laughs> um, but, like, one thing I'll say is, like, having... like Because... In the lead up to this one, obviously, I watched season three because I hadn't seen it all. But then sort of in between when these were airing, I obviously went back and watched season one and season two because I'd never seen Celebrity Survivor. Uh, and I look, again, like I've had big debates in the last few days in that fan group about whether or not they're counted or not. To put the the thing to bed, they are counted, people. It's history. It's canon. Get over it. There was a season one and season two. And for the official record, we will always now refer to the next season of season five. This is season four. Season three was last season. Uh, that's a whole other debate. But like watching season one back to back, and I, I probably watched that literally in two days. Uh, like, I'm not even joking. I have no life. So, of course, I'm going to watch it in two days. There were no invisible people in season one. Like, you you say to yourself about how bad that was or how badly, it, like, it, you know, edited and all that sort of stuff. This is where, like, again, I will defend season one because it it's like, it's like Borneo, Australian Outback, comparing it to modern times. And I almost think that these two recent Channel 10 seasons have made the Channel 9 version better. Because you can kind of put that into the the bucket, the window, whatever of kind of like Borneo Australian Outback versus the newer school. There, there is no one invisible on season one. Like you might think there are, you might have these memories of like, oh, I don't remember who Jeff was, I don't remember who Deb was. But like, I would love to see if there's online an actual confessional count for the Australian version season one. Because when you watch that back to back, you feel like you know all of these people, like you did on Australian Outback, like Borneo. Uh, and it's it's incredible to kind of actually watch it um, and pay attention to it. Celebrity Survivor, I think, kind of, eh, you know, you just had some absolute duds on that cast, <laughs> but we're still very much overshadowed by some very underrated great players who will be reflected in my personal rankings when we do our rankings cast. But, yeah, I mean, look, I don't know. Like, I remember when you and I discussed this last season because, you know, I think what the last episode we ever did uh, for Survivor Oz was our preview episode. Uh, and then even sort of when we did kind of in the lead up, you and Col- uh, Cable did some episodes and kind of talking about what would be great for this season, what we wanted and reaction episodes and stuff like that. And our thought was always, well, how are they going to do this over 26 episodes? Well, I mean, multiple episodes a week. You know, we thought that the editing was going to be better. And just to me, like on a show that has, you know, 24 people over 26 episodes, there should be a balance um, and look, I can see the arguments for, well, like, yeah, do we really want to see more of Ben if that means taking away from Luke? Um, I mean, of course, Luke's great TV 
and Ben goes, what, in the middle, so he's got no purpose to be shown. But, I mean, like, to literally go more episodes as Purple Kelly without a confessional, I mean, do we need that in a season with 26? That's not fair. Come on. No, but I think they did a better job than the American one. Uh, well, I mean, I'd be interested to see what people listening to that, whether or not they would agree or disagree with that. But I guess we can kind of go over... Um, I mean, before we get to the players, I and mean, we're not going to do what we do on the Oscar and go over everybody, like, you know, we'll, we'll just kind of lump in a few bits here and there. But I guess kind of we've, we've touched really there on what worked, what didn't work, and kind of in between there. But um, what what do you think kind of going forward is the main thing that maybe needs to be improved? Let's Let's look at if Season 5 happens, if we get a renewal... Uh, I mean, this was, as you said, a big, big step forward from last season. So you would assume that next season would be an even more, uh, you know, step forward in the right direction. Is there like something that you feel glaringly needs to be sort of improved to make this an even tighter package show heading into the future? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, it depends what the rules are, because I could say, you know, Anything. 20 players. <laughs> well, if there's... Everything's on the cards. Then I would say, you know, twenty players, like less days. Um, we would get rid of um, the non-elimination episodes, which we can touch on briefly. But you know, those things I think all would make for a better package. Uh, maybe one episode a week. Although two episodes a week, I was okay with. To me, that was enough to give me my kind of survivor craving without going overboard. Three episodes a week. Last year was just too much. I was just drained from Australian Survivor. Um, so if there was no rules, then that's what you do. Get rid of non-eliminations, smaller cast, um, you know, less of these kind of people got voted out but not really voted out twists. Um, so that would be that uh, one episode a week. But if all of that can't be changed, because let's face it, that's not going to be changed, um, then what would be a better way to improve it. That's interesting. Um, I think sometimes the show kind of gets a bit too caught up in, like, it was better this season than last season, but sometimes it's a bit too much, like, episode. the episode begins and they've got dramatic music and they're talking about, all right, this week we want this player out. And then I feel like often the episode, the entire episode is kind of about that. And, you know, I liked it when we had, like, the Jericho swimming stuff and that, so... If you're going to do 26 episodes, then maybe we need to balance it out more. Like, I know this show is not about survival much as it used to be, but yeah, more of those elements, more of food hunting, uh, those kind of things would be good. Um, and then maybe, uh, I would be interested in your opinion, maybe get rid of the moral dilemmas. Mm. But because they're just random Australian kind of crappy reality TV manufactured drama. But that being said, some of the moral dilemmas gave us some of the better moments of the season, so I'm kind of conflicted on that. But, I mean, I know you hate the non-elimination episodes, but I would be interested in your opinion if none of that could be changed, like episode count, blah, blah, blah. If none of that could be changed, what would you think would improve this show? It's going to be controversial. If you're going to have... If you're going to have nothing can change about the cast and the episode length and all that sort of stuff, Redemption Island, it worked for Survivor New Zealand. Um, I mean... <laughs> and everyone shoot out. Yeah, I just I just think it, like, as, as, as controversial as that opinion might be, at least with Survivor New Zealand, 
the problems that that had, it was still structured two episodes a week where you knew you would have a vote out and an elimination on Redemption Island. So you still had a form of of an elimination, if I can speak properly. So I think that that if you're going to balance that out to avoid non-elimination episodes, and okay, you would argue that a vote out isn't an elimination because they're not eliminated. Well, the same argument stands by that the US Survivor has had non-elimination episodes in a Redemption Island seasons. It's still a form of a of an elimination. And I think that that then counterbalances the editing that you can then have, you know, uh, editing on Redemption Island and things like that. Mm. So, and like, here's a, here's an interesting thing too. I think that, I think three, if you're going to have 24 people, three tribes, eight people per tribe, I think three tribe seasons have a more even balanced edit, which a lot of people would disagree with. But I think that it's, it's having just rewatched Worlds Apart, just watching Cambodia right now when it just switched to three tribes. The editing gets more evenly spread between tribes, and you get to and you look at Heroes, Healers, Hustlers right now. Um, it's it's I feel we're knowing these people more than we have on many US new US seasons in a long time, uh, because I think it's just so evenly spread, and people are complaining that they're finding this season boring so far, and I disagree. That's a different story, but anyway. Um, so that would be my thing if you're not changing it. Um, I think you hit a nail on the head there with like sort of like the music, like. <laughs> I don't think it's talked about as much as it should be. Australian Survivor overuses music. Like, it's, it's, yeah. like, it is beyond ridiculous the amount of dramatic music they use in Australian Survivor. Like, you go to Tribal Council and, like, Jono's like, so Tara, tell us about your day. And she's like, oh, I had a nice day today. I went in the sun. Meanwhile, in the background, really? Like, is it that dramatic that she went out in the sun? No. Um, like, I don't generally watch the commercials, but whenever I see the commercials, it's like, Jericho is the nicest guy, but what will he do to make him seem like Hitler? Apparently, the commercials really spoil it, but I don't know if I've... I don't know if I've ever seen an Australian Survivor commercial in my life, so... I've seen, like, a few this season, but the ones I do, like, they're just... Holy crap. And I think, like, Um, it it falls into that basket of Australian reality TV cheese. Like... Yeah. Like, we talked a lot about that on our um, Amazing Race coverage back in the day. Uh, And Channel 7 is the king of cheese. But, like, Channel 10, to me, maybe the middle ground there. Like, I don't... Like, I don't watch much TV. I don't... I mean, like, as an actually broadcast TV. And, like, say, for example, I'll sit down at night, have dinner with my dad, and he'll be watching The Block. So it's like, okay, cool, we'll just watch The Block. Now, I don't like The Block. The Block gives me the shits. But, like, Channel 9 do edit their shows in a way that it's not like, here's Rob building a, a bookcase. When he was seven... He lost the father building a bookcase. I can't believe I lost my dad. Like, it's just like everything is connected. I'm not saying like, okay, it's tragic. People have these sort of things. But like, to me, like, for example, the final challenge, right? It's an epic challenge. They put their hand on a, on a pole. There's like water. But just like, just the overuse of like that whole last episode was basically 45 minutes of them on a pole. And it's just so dramatic and so uplifting. And like people complain about Americans being over the top and, you know, over the top celebration, things like that. But like, when do you get the cheese factor on American Survivor unless it's a family visit? You know, it's, it's rare. So I just, 
I think it's just an Australian reality TV thing, sadly, that just the cheese factor has to play into it. I think they overdo it. So I think remove the cheese. Survivor's not a game with cheese. It's Survivor is a no, backstabbing lying game. I think it's better than the other Australian reality shows. Oh, yeah. It's definitely yeah. still there. I, like, I agree with this you. This is really a unique Australian reality show because they have done it so like true to form. Of course, it's not with the episodes and stuff like that. But, you know, it, it feels like, you know, the casting is varied. There's older people and stuff like that. Like, it's really unique for Australian reality. They've done it right. But, yeah. Yeah, there's still the cheese. I want, I want a season. This is going to sound like a weird thing, but like, I want a season where we have cast members coming out of it not liking each other. And this is where that N word comes in, which we will not say that Australians are so good at getting along. We're all friends with each other. It's great. But like, tell me in the last two seasons, Cat and Des, but like, even then they joke about it. Like, I don't think they flat out hate each other. They just, like, joke and mock each other on Twitter and Des will be like, yeah, I won't talk to that latte-sipping manly girl. But, like, I think deep down, if you were to get them in a room, they would chat and have a drink. Are you going to get that with Dan Foley and Shireen? No. Are you going to get that with Will and Shireen? No. Are you going to get that with Shireen and anyone? No. Like, it's I mean, that was just the first example that came to my head. We have legitimate, like, people in Survivor in the US who do not like each other and will never associate with each other. And that's a weird thing, but, like, I think that adds a nice bit of drama to it. Like... AK and Tara, you're watching that, you're thinking like, oh god, they would hate each other in real life. They're joking around and like, we saw in the reunion, what did she say? Like, oh yeah, he's the godfather to my kids. Like, like I want a real <laughs> conflict. I don't want this, like, uh, friendship outside of the game. I want real conflict, people. Uh, yeah, I don't need that. Um, but I do think they did a really good job this season of that final kind of challenge really showed that they did have mateship this season but Don't it wasn't swear. a damn plot line. Like, <laughs> it, like, oh, my God. No one ever thought that was good. The producers kept trying to force it. Even the cast thought it was dumb. But this season really kind of did show that kind of Aussie mateship thing they're going for without it being a plot line. We saw, like, oh, you know, they're falling. They're cheering on Tara, Jericho and stuff. There's still fights in the season. There's still blindsides. There's still stuff going on, issues and stuff like that. But... You know, at the end of the day, they are kind of mates, and it does so they support each other even when they're fighting against each other. So I think they did a better job this season. Um, but I just wanted to touch quickly on some of the other stuff you said because, you know, I don't need to see Redemption Highland, but I think it's an interesting idea if, um, you know, because it gives you more stuff to show, um and, you know, if you had three people at Redemption Island, but maybe if they added more to it, so, like, at Redemption Island, they could also look for, like, idol clues or, like, somehow they could get rewards that help the people in the, still in the game or, you know, just something so that the people at Redemption Island had more to do over these long periods. Um, but, you know, maybe, like, an Exile Island where people from different tribes come together and live for a few episodes and compete in challenges for idol clues or for advantages or something. Um, I think it's an interesting idea. Um, maybe even like an outcast thing where we mm. get to see the outcasts. So like, not celebrity um, survivor version of the final three. <laughs> no, like pre-merged. So, you know, I think I remember reading there's like an Israeli one. It's called like the Island of the Dead or something where you know we get to see the outcasts and they go there and they live there as a new tribe and they're competing in challenges Ghost amongst Island. each other or something. <laughs> yeah, Ghost <laughs> Island it could be that. Um, so maybe something like that could be interesting. Um, and you mentioned three tribes. I, I think that 
it was nice to see a season without three tribes for once because the American one every season since 30 has had three tribes in one way or another. So I think it was nice. I was skeptical of two tribes of 12 and I thought they were going to merge into three. But, you know, I think it worked. It was nice, a bit refreshing. But one thing I was thinking for season, uh, what is it, five, uh, that I'd like your opinion on is what about four tribes of six? Oh. Does that work? Hundred percent agree. I, I was I was legitimately in watching an episode of Cam- I watched the Cambodia episode last night where they went into three tribes, um, and like it just dawned on me. I'm like, we haven't had a four tribe season since Cook Islands, and I I like the four tribe. I I like. I mean, you and I were always advocates of three tribe seasons before they what brought it back for what was it? Um, Philippines was the first time they brought that back in a one. Before they were hip. Yeah. Um, but then, like, yeah, no, four tribes for definitely, for sure. I'd love to see that. I think that if you're going to have a 24... Like, I mean, they managed to get a, a four-tribe season on a cast of 16 on Panama. So, surely we can have a four-tribe <laughs> season on a cast of 24 and still only have six cast members per tribe. Absolutely agree. Um, and, yeah, I think it would be interesting. I mean, one thing I'll just add in kind of the things that were going on here, I think what Australian Survivor is, is a hit and miss with are there twists... Um, like you're talking yeah. about like exile, like, like, I think the problem that Australian survivor has is just the random use of twist sometimes like this whole exile beach thing. Like, Oh, you will be sent to like, fuck off. Like, where does this come from? This is just like, pull it out of your ass. We don't need this crap. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, the mutiny is a great idea. Bring it back. But like just the format they did it. No, it was shit. Oh yeah. I forgot there was a mutiny. Su- <laughs> super idol. Great idea. Great concept concept. And the whole powerful idol where you can block another person's idol. Great idea. But just the concept of how you implement it. Shit. One oh, thing God. that like they, they come up with like, I like how they are attempting to create their own brand, but also putting it a twist on certain things. Like, I love the implementation of an idol in a challenge. I think that works fantastically. The jury member elimination, eh, I don't know how I feel about that still. Uh, I love, one thing, this is a random twist that this is brand new that I've never seen, at least in the US one, I don't know if it's happening in the other international versions, was the auction twist where Luke basically bought oh, himself yeah. out of it, <laughs> but only to win ev- Like, that was fucking amazing. That was a yeah, brilliant... that was so much fun. How have they not done that? That was, I, this yeah. This season just sidetracked. This season shows that the auction can still be done and oh, can yeah. still be fun. I, the auction is American, always my favourite. American auction is broken, but Australia showed that it can still be done in a good way. Yeah, that is a brilliant... Brilliant, brilliant idea for a twist. So props to that. And I will also say this season also showed that challenges can be new, fresh, and unique. Like yeah. there were definitely still problems with some of the later challenges. I don't need Survivor Charades. So. Yeah. Oh come I know on. People love Survivor Charades. I don't need Survivor. Oh charades. no, that was brilliant. But like no, like I do like water football. But was- well, a lot of the earlier challenges, like the unique take on it. Um, you know, I think that even even some of the endurance challenges they get graining at the end um there were a few unique twists on it the the one where they had to find the items where they had to fight over it and you got eliminated oh, yeah. that was clever I like that. I like that one uh where they were on the pegs and they called out a number and they oh, had that to, was great that was clever that was so much fun spider-man challenge yeah like there's just unique takes on these spider challenges. challenge spider, <laughs> spider challenge <laughs> hello troy <laughs> i miss troy what he's doing now but um yeah like i i think that definitely this shows that and I hope the US version, the producers are watching this because, you know, when was the last time you could honestly say, oh, that challenge in US Survivor was amazing? Like, 
I don't even know what they did in the last episode yeah. that aired about four days this ago. I can honestly not remember what the challenge was. This is, this is, and you, you were the one, and like I say, the cable argument for defending season one and season two, I need to call it the Noah argument, where basically challenges have almost become obsolete in Survivor. Um, oh, yeah. So, and I think this season of Australian Survivor was refreshing. Like, I don't know about you, but generally when a challenge is on a Survivor, I don't usually pay attention to it. I'm like, oh, cool, they won immunity. Oh, no. Okay. Um, but that's where, like, idols in challenges make things interesting. Uh, new takes on challenges make things interesting. So, um, yeah, I think and that's just on, something. Just on challenge points as well that this season did so well, America, bring back freaking individual rewards. Yes. Um, I, I know that this season didn't have a ton of individual rewards, but this season had what old Survivor American seasons had, where people went on rewards and things happened. Yep. We had the Champagne Alliance, we had a freaking, like, yep. Zinger Twister Popcorn Alliance Completely or something. Completely agree. But, and they weren't just, like, uh, plot lines that were supposed to distract us or something. The Champagne Alliance was an actual thing that was resulted in a blindside. Um, so, yeah, I know they weren't necessarily individual where they always picked, but there was always drama. What about when Sarah got really pissed off when she wasn't picked for one one of the rewards, and then she pretended she wasn't. There was an act or whatever happened. But this season completely delivered with like rewards having great alliances and that, which is completely broken in the American one at the moment. Hundred percent agree. And I, I do. I'm baffled at why the US season has just gone away from yeah. these. Like, let's go into teensies. <laughs> like having just worlds apart, for example. Like. The whole drama around Rodney not going on rewards is hilarious. And then it's kind of like every single time, like even the whole birthday scenario. And it's like Rodney always gets on the shit team that's always going to lose. And then it's kind of like, oh, no, Carolyn's not going to swap out. Mike's definitely not going to. Sierra's not. Like, I mean, okay, that's drama and it's fun. But, I mean, you know, if it's a pick'em then and, like, no one's picking Rodney, that's even going to be even funnier because it's down to a pick'em, not just a, a tribe-based one where people have to give up their spot. So, yeah, I, yeah, I'm confused as to why they've never done that. And, like, just endurance-based ones, like, it's just... Uh, every challenge is the same. It's just a different way of doing it. But, again, Australia definitely came out this time around with some, some unique takes on it. And just to, even when the challenges were boring, that locky stretch brought so much drama to the challenges yeah. because every week I was sitting there watching my biting my nails like oh my god is Lockie going to win again can someone actually beat him like even when the challenges were boring it was so dramatic in those last kind of few episodes like everyone versus Lockie and one thing props I mean this is kind of working in what work basketball and sort of stuff kind of everything we're talking about here and we sort of touched on it uh, that this was a really unpredictable season that was fantastic like oh, yeah. going over the dreaded M Jericho won I know like I mean you and I were saying like you know this is one of the weirdest guys ever like in terms of like his edit and just like well, who is this guy and like all throughout this season we're always talking recaps like who are you? like can he win like what, we don't get it um, but then you know like comparing it to say last season where the dreaded M word and we were talking about this with Flick last week it's kind of like it was predictable you knew what was going to happen whereas oh, this time around we- like you know oh Tess is winning this game nah she's voted out Sarah's winning this game nah she's voted out Luke oh no she, he's voted out you know so and then you were like uh, you messaged me what on the when Luke went home and you were like, Michelle's won. There's no question about this. Yeah. Michelle has won this game. <laughs> no question. Michelle was the winner as soon as Luke went. Uh, like, what? Yeah. What happened? She got out on a freaking just unpredictable. There was a fire-making challenge. Yep. And, oh, my God, just so much stuff happened in the season. And even Final Tribal, Tara got three votes. <laughs> yeah, even that was a blind side. I, I think I even messaged you then. I'm like, what? And then I was watching it. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 
Tara is about to win. Yeah, oh, I'm like, Jericho, 8-1. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then I think I messaged you. I'm like, maybe even 9-0. Yeah. Maybe even Lockie won't even vote for Tara. Yeah. And then I'm re- the votes are reading. I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be, like, the biggest upset. I mean, I would have loved it because I love Tara. But I'm like, oh, my God, everyone is going to be so mad. But Tara is about to win Survivor. So even up to the last moment, it was unpredictable. Yep. So, so much fun to watch. Yeah, no, completely agree. And I love Tara. Well, speaking of love and players, that I think this is the part where we can talk about our, you know, let's let's lump in together favourites and best players. I mean, you know, you're going to have difference. I mean, they might mix here, but we'll start with the, the, the good side of things. So maybe just give me some highlights for you in terms of best players and also your favourites. Maybe three, your three favourite and your three best players overall this season. Um, yeah, there were lots of good ones. Um, I talked about my love for Tara last week or last time i was on so she's up there and i actually saw today there was actually a posted confessional count um and tara got the most confessionals of this season oh really wow (laughs) yeah she got like 123 or something like that um and you know deservingly i think she was such a great character i hope they bring her back they ever do an all-stars yeah not the greatest player but she had her moments um i almost think she's underestimated yeah, but I almost think she was underestimating herself when she said, oh, I only started playing five days ago or something. Like, I think even the jury thought at some point she was underestimating herself. Um, but, yeah, she wasn't the greatest, but she was just so much fun to watch. I loved her and her, like, sucking in challenges and everything like that. Um, so Tara, for sure, great character, great casting. Um, I know that's an unpopular opinion. I would say Luke as well was just... I wish Luke won just because, you know, I kept saying it would have been the polar opposite to Christie. Like, we would have had, like, the kind of under-the-radar winner, underdog. This would have been, like, the Tony win. So then both seasons would have had different wins. And, you know, he was so fleshed out as a character. He was funny. He started off as a bad player, but really yeah. got his foot into the game and learned and adapted so well. And, I agree. Like, we, we later heard that they didn't even really know what Luke was doing for a lot of it. Like, they didn't even know that he was scheming and stuff like that. You know, he stole the spy shack, but it still resulted in a blind side and stuff like that. Um, you know, funny and like, yeah, probably not someone I would be friends with in real life. Who knows? But, but you know, just if you just take him with a grain of salt, like he's, yeah, he's showing up to the camera, but he's fun and he was a good player. So, yeah, I don't know what's up what the stick up your butt is with Luke because I thought he was just great. Um, I'll get to that. Like one of the best characters Australian Survivor has had. Um and then a third one, you know, because there's great ones like AK, but he wasn't my favourite. He was, like, fun, and I loved Kent. He was so <laughs> much fun. He was gone so early. Like, literally one of the funniest. Like, I wish he was around for the merge. Um, Jackie was fun. Adam was a random early favourite. But for a third, you know, I would say Tarzan, like... Initially, I didn't even want to call him Tarzan. I'm like, no, there's a, d- a different survivor Tarzan. There's only one Tarzan. But, you know, he earned his Tarzan title. Um, <laughs> like, I loved him. He was just great. Like, what do you say? Like, that's the duck's nuts or something like that. <laughs> duck's um, nuts. <laughs> so, you know, so, so many great characters. Ben was random, Sideshow Bob. But I think, you know, Henry, I didn't like as a character... Uh, as a player, but I appreciated him as a character. 
But I think maybe it will surprise you, but the third one I'm going to go with Annalise. I really liked Annalise, and I know a lot of people love Tessa, and she was great, but I don't know. She just seemed fun, and she had her, like, T-shirt, and she had the idol. She got it from the the uh, challenge, and then she got outed in such a harsh way, and she just seems really fun as a character. So, uh, yeah, I think third would be Annalise. Um, but in terms of players, you know, Jericho is up there, uh, Luke. And I hate to say it, I was really not a fan of her, but Michelle might be the third best player as well. Um, you know, she, she didn't totally change my mind as a character, but I think she really did adapt to the game. She knows how to speak, and she turned into a strategizer. So it was fun to see that kind of evolution of Michelle, even if I wasn't a huge fan. We'll go. Um, so that's a lot, but, you know, lots of good players. If you we'll go over Lisa in a minute. Um, in terms of Luke, can I just say, like... Yeah, couldn't stand him at the beginning, thought he was an absolute dickhead um, and just a pain in the ass. I thought that he started off terribly, as you said. But, I mean, I did sort of mid-season say, like, look, no matter what my t- take is on this guy, he's adapted and he's become a, you know, I was, like, in shock. Like, he's in control right now. Like, what the hell just happened? And he he turned into, like, one of the best players of this game by the end when he went out. And can I just say, like, I'm... I, you know, the guy still annoys the crap out of me sometimes when I watch him, but I still came around on him, you know what I mean? Like... And this kind of sounds like a weird thing, which I guess it's you can take this how you want to, but a lot of it also does come down to then interactions post-game, like Aussie in, like, exit interviews. You know, spoke to 23 out of 24 of these people. Um, and, like, Luke, just the way he kind of handled things and the way he is, like, that that was my point all along. When I initially came out, I was like, this guy's a dickhead. Like, like he annoyed me, but also he might not have been the type of guy that in my real life, like you said, I'm not going to get along with. That's a lot of where it came from. I think Evan called me out and it's like, why are you calling him a dickhead? And it's like, well, you know, he's a pain in the ass and probably in real life, he's the type of guy that would hate my guts because that's generally the type of people that don't like me and get along with me in real life. But he's also the type of guy that if you call him a dickhead, he's not going to be like, well, fuck you. I'm doing an exit interview with you. He's going to be like, yeah, mate, it's all good. I was a bit of a dickhead. Look what he said. So like, I think he's that type of jovial Aussie guy. They can take a joke, you can have a beer with. You might not be best friends with him, but he's just that type of guy. Like, we all know people like that. Like, you don't want to hang out with them all the time, but when you do have, a, like, a, an hour or two with them, they're, they're fun, they're, they're passable, and all that sort of stuff. And I appreciate Luke's game. I appreciate Luke as a character. Again, he's not going to be my, you know, favouritist of all time, but I, I came around a lot on him this season, probably more so than any other character on this show. So... That's where I'll, I'll definitely say that, Luke. And I would love to see Luke play again. I would love to get Luke back on the show to do a recap for the next season. I have no ill will against the guy. Uh, and, yeah, that's that's where my opinion changed on him. Um, Favourites for myself personally, um, I mean, yeah, I had I had a few. I mean, Tarzan, got to be up there. He's just such a, wow, like just brilliant casting. Uh, you know, he's. I love that quote that he gave in our exit interview. If you don't have fun, you're a dickhead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to get those t-shirts sold, <laughs> but like, if you don't have fun, you're a dickhead. Uh, <laughs> that's just oh, so still sad. I was so devastated. So Australian. Uh, props to Amy. Can I just say, like, pre-game, she was one that I actually really was looking forward to seeing. And just, like, she is someone you want to hang out with. Like, she's just, like, spewing. <laughs> like, just, <laughs> just thinking of Amy just makes me laugh. I loved, uh, I love Amy. <laughs> she was great. Uh, I was a Jackie fanboy. I love Jackie. Like, there was that early one she had, like, that final tri- uh, the tribal where, 
what did she say? She said something and like everybody went crazy over it. Like, oh yeah, like she compared it to something and everyone's like, wow, she's so good. Oh yeah. Um, I, I'm with you. I love Kent. Uh, Kent was great. I actually had a real appreciation for Ben by the end just because he was kind of just <laughs> this quirk who we just didn't get to see much of. Um, but yeah, like my top three probably, you know, is a bit of an interesting one. I just love Tessa. I really, really love Tessa. Um, cool. I just, oh, she was so good at this game and she just has that kind of sweet, nice personality. She's such a fan of Survivor as well. So I probably have to put Tess in there. I'm with you on Annalise. I, I mean, she was my preseason pick to win. She's got that quirk factor about her too. And there's just something about her that I really, really like and really enjoyed. Um, I came around on Michelle. I did not like her for large portions of the game, but I don't think I'd lump her up there. I was a big Peter fan. Really wish that we saw more of him. Tara, I was always in the middle of, but I do really like Tara. I'm probably going to have to say my third one, and probably an interesting one. I'm going to say Ziggy as my favorite. I just, I loved Ziggy from the get go. Mm, I was so bored by her. She faded out by the end, which kind of was a shame, but you know, I. And really not a good player. No, like, I mean, I think, well, I disagree. I think she was like a, a middle player. I think she's better than a lot of people in this cast but she just faded out to the end made some bad moves by the the end of her game and that kind of took away from her um and in terms of best players this season of course jericho i mean for a guy to get that edit and a guy to play like that and a guy to just be the how he was to win this game i would who, who can you even put in his category you know you can talk about like if luke had a one he would have been like a tony win you know if michelle had a one you know i think it's it's a different category to a christy win it's maybe a maybe other Michelle win. Um, I, I don't know. Like, it's it's that's an interesting one in itself. Um, but, like, Jericho's just in this unique category in his own. Um, he was a good player as well. Yeah, he, he was a good char- uh, good player, sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with you on the Michelle one. I just, I don't know she had a, a complete game enough to really put her in my top three. I'd probably put Tessa in my top three because I think she had more of a complete game and was taken out with a blind side. So I kind of think that's kind of where it came down to with her. I think um, Sarah was good too, but she played a little bit too much. Yeah, I think that's my problem with Sarah too. Um, and like secret alliances and all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, look, AK was good, but again, it, when everyone wants you out of the game. Well, I mean, I was going to put AK tough. maybe as my third just just because I, I feel just how he kind of went through it. And again, like, yeah, everyone wants to take you out, which, you know, when it comes to a certain person that I might put in my bottom three, which people will hate me for, that's not necessarily a, a decent thing. But, like, yeah, I just think that AK had enough to back himself up there and the target on his back was warranted. And I, I definitely feel that he kind of got this, you know, I mean, think about like, the very first episode when he's, like, going after Tara when she's vomiting. We still in alliance? Uh, like, I mean, how does that guy become, like, a power player in this game? Um, and, you know, like, it's, yeah, uh, still to me, I, I, I'm still very sad that I didn't get a chance to speak to him because I was a big AK fan. Um, but, yeah, I, I'd probably have to put him in the top three, I think, overall there, just just to kind of balance that out. Uh, although, Luke, uh, this is the thing, though, because I think kind of on my ratings, uh, I might have think I've put Luke higher than AK, but at the same time, I just talked about a complete game and Luke kind of was not there at the beginning, whereas, you know, you could argue AK's early strategy, he argued was strategy, whereas Luke was just like, yeah, man, no, no one's going with me, so I'm going to try and get Ken out. Like, it's like, why? Like, it's just, what, what for? 
So, um, yeah. Uh, what about bottom three? <laughs> bottom three players, you and your three least favourites. I mean, look, I, 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 I don't oh. think we need to sit here and apologise for it. We're, we're, you and I are human beings. We're allowed opinions. So I think at the end of the day, we're going to be like everybody out there who likes people less. It doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot. We're not going to go out and burn effigies of these people and like say these are the worst people on the planet. Again, we're allowed to have opinions, so we're entitled to say who our least favourite were on the season. Um, well, you know, I'm just trying to think that I don't think, uh, I actually kind of liked her, so it's not a bottom in terms of like, but in terms of players, Odette. Uh, I, I kind of had this kind of weird thing, oh, she's pretty cool, like, I wasn't sad when she was voted out, but she was just not in with the game, she was just along for the ride, for the adventure, so in terms of players, probably she would be in there, but I did like her, um... Ben too. I probably would be like Ben too, but I would just be sucking at the challenges and just socially awkward and stuff like that. Um, so I'd probably put him in there. Um, you know, and then maybe like Kate. She didn't do anything wrong, but it was just how the season turned out. But I guess if I had to put like a merger in there, uh, maybe Ziggy. In terms of least favourites, I was not a Ziggy fan. I was just really bored with her. She was a challenge beast. She was great, but I don't know. And, you know, I've already talked about her idol play, like, even our, our other recaps. I'm not going to go over that again. I kind of understand why she did it. But, you know, it's just, yeah, there was something about her. Um, so, yeah. But, you know, there's no one I absolutely outwardly hated on this season. Like, it, there are people I'm just like, man on, and there are people I don't think are great players, but there was no one I'm like, oh my god, that's just the worst person ever. Like, originally it was Michelle, but, you know, she grew on me a bit. Not to be my favourite, but she did grow on me a bit. So, I think her story kind of redeemed herself, for sure. So, yeah, maybe them. I know it's a bit of cop-out to kind of just put pre-mergers in there and kind of invisible people, but, yeah. I think it's, it, it's Warren. I mean, I'm with you. I don't outwardly hate any of these people either. Uh, but, I mean... You know, we've also got to go on what we see and kind of what we know and everything along those lines. I mean, I should have put, like, in my weird like category, kind of like we've got our three likes, our three least, but you kind of got your middle ground where it's like, I've got a bit of a weird fandom for those people. One of mine is Joan. I kind of had this real likability of Joan, and I was so sad she went early. Mine's Adam. Yeah, I Adam. I was going to say Adam, was, too. I thought he was going to be a great character. Um, Yeah, I mean, people in terms of players, like, <sighs> Sam and Mark, like, you know, oh, forgot about them. I mean, it was kind of like the the fight for power. I think on Asanga, uh, with, with Jackie and Henry. But I mean, at the end of the day, like to be all like, oh, but we're not in a power couple, and blah blah blah. It's like they're they're in a relationship in real life now, people. So I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of and like, I, Sam seemed okay when we saw her. Like I don't, you know, we got a whole lot. Like Sam and. You know, maybe Sarah was semi-interchangeable at certain points of this game, and obviously Sarah turned out to be a bit longer in the game and, you know, a, a bit of a better player. But, um, you know, and Mark, like, Mark had his one moment at Tribal Council, I think, was that um, was that the night he went home or the night Sam went home when he, like, he dominated. He was fantastic. I remember saying to him in his exit interview, like, damn, you need to get into public speaking. You're brilliant at that. But outside of that, like, what did he do? I mean, looked good with no shirt on and talked about being in the army i mean yeah okay cool good on you mate um kate like i i i liked kate from what we saw but like if you got to go on invisible status of this season kate's the queen there like i mean 
you know, Kate is the, uh, who was it last season? Bianca uh, of this season. Oh, I liked her. Um, I mean, it's just, uh, like, it's kind of, like, you joke about Ben and Adette, but, like, I think the, the, their factor is that at least you know them kind of from that joke. Like, they were invisible, if you know what I mean. So it's kind of like the yeah. Purple, Kelly, Purple Kelly status, that you know them because of their invisibility, whereas Kate, you're like, huh, huh? Um, it's such a shame that, again, that poor Jen Brown has not found a Kate to live up to her high esteem status that she gave in her Worlds Apart <laughs> preview oh, interview. Oh, <laughs> nearly last yeah, both season. Kate both strong. Kates. Yeah, both Kates are uh, not, not up to that level of favourite player. Um, yeah, like, I see what you're saying with Adet. Adet kind of was a bit like Barry. He kind of just, she kind of just seemed to be like, yeah, just whatever. Like, I'll just go with the flow. And, like, except with Barry was more like, I'm not making alliances. Whereas, you know, Adet was kind of... I do of- have to say, Tarzan. I love, but he was not a good player. Tarzan, he's one of these ones that the potential is overridden by the mistakes. Like, well, he almost pulled off a lucky yeah, blind. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, he just didn't. If he hadn't to open his mouth and told AK, done, great move. Um, but I mean, it's just it's just such a humble nature of the guy. And like, yeah, on a player's yeah. spectrum, you're not going to be writing home about how good of a player he is, even though he's like. I mean, even Kent, you would argue, is. You know, he was kind of it, he. Kent was, I guess, a victim of the Henry flip. So and so was Jackie, obviously. So I mean, it's kind of outside of that though. Kent was liked, but Kent really didn't do much except for the dickhead strategy, and we didn't even get to see that implemented, which was brilliant. But we just didn't see it. Um, I, I, know, I love how like the one person we have not mentioned, I think, at all this episode, Jared, uh, <laughs> the first cello, Jared. Oh. If you're listening, I like Jared. Um, but look, I yeah, um, I'm going over here. Look. I'm going to say it. Henry, to me, just was not a good player. He just was one of these flashy players who talk a big talk but just don't do anything. His one move was getting Jared out, and outside of that, he did nothing. I mean, he flipped. He ruined people's games. Uh, and that even that to me, that flip was ridiculous. It had no basis to that move. And I, I just do not... Like, it's interesting kind of seeing the perspectives of people in that fan group the other day that I was mentioning, and I saw somebody was like talking about who the best players this season. Somebody's like, oh, Henry was definitely a great player. He should definitely come back. You know, he was so smart and intelligent. And it's like, there's a difference between smart and intelligent and talking about things, but at the end of the day, if you're not doing them, then, you know, I mean, I can sit here and talk about how amazing I am at flying planes. I've never tried in my life, and I'll probably get in one and crash it straight away. So, I mean, it's, I, I just think there's a balance with a person who talks a game like that and then doesn't do anything to back it up. AK did things to back it up. Henry didn't. So that's yeah, to me the I difference. I think you've always been a bit too hard on Henry. I've never been a huge fan and I loved his blind side. But, you know, I at least appreciated, regardless of being a good player or not, I at least appreciated that he went out and kind of tried to make an entertaining show and do things. Um, yeah, I agree. The flip, I think, benefited him worse than if he had just stayed. Um, but, you know, at least he went out and tried things. He was creating the power couple with Jackie, which he kind of screwed over. And I, I totally understand where you're coming from because he did a lot of bad things. But, you know, he did have a good social game. I did love that scene, though, where he was trying to be, like, the entertaining guy to get in with the tribe, and they all saw through it. But, that, but like, that's yeah. my point. Like, it's, <laughs> it's fun to watch, but when you're doing it to a point where everybody straight away is calling bullshit, then you're not a good player. Yeah, but, I mean, you could argue a lot of that was similar with AK as well, though. Um, but AK at least like, turned I, it around and got people to work with three. him. But, yeah, anyway, yeah. Um, so, yeah... I, I get where you're coming from. I think there are much worse players. He did a lot of bad things, but some of it was okay. Um, 
So, you know, he's an interesting player. He'll be back for all this stuff. Oh, and, you know, 100% so. I'm not a fan, but he brings stuff to the table, and you've got to appreciate and that. And, look, I will say uh, about Henry is that I think that on a returning game, he can iron out the bugs that he had, and I think he has the potential to do very well. I, I think mean, he could maybe win yeah, on a I, I would agree go. with that. I mean, my biggest thing is that, like, kind of as you said, like, I mean, he, he had... Again, we can talk about this whole episode, but if he stuck with Jackie, if he did not flip... He very well could have controlled this game because nobody yeah. knew about those two. He was doing so well. That's the problem. He had an idol. We had a power exactly. couple. We had Kent as well. Exactly. He was he was in with Ben. Oh yeah, that giving the idol clue to Jericho. Oh, um, I did like how he revealed to Jericho. I love how that played out. How he's like, oh, I found the idol, and then who was it? Sarah or someone's like Jericho. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, Which is weird. Jericho fun. won the damn game. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. One, one name that we didn't bring up, and no way is he bottom three. Uh, no way at all. But kind of some points off. Uh, Lockie, I thought. Yeah, that's know, a good point. So many people. I don't think he can be bottom three. He dominated those challenges, and people liked him. Um, if he got to the end, Lockie would have won. Yeah. So you can't say he's bottom three at all. But, but I, I would argue Lockie's you know, worse I, than Henry, I, and you know I'm just talking I down Henry. Like, <laughs> compared to his airtime versus his game, like, you know, like everyone thought, oh, they were always under Lockie and that he was making these big moves, but, you know. Lockie's like a... No way, no way bottom three, but a few points off for Lockie. Lockie's like Mick Trimming. Or, you know, uh, uh, not uh, Sash. You know, they kind of, on paper, they look good and, you know, they, they seem like you're watching it live, like they're doing decently. But if you actually analyse their game, like, like yeah, I, I would I would say Lockie's a worse player than Henry. And I, even just everything I just said about Henry. Because, like, yeah, everything you said, right, the challenges, he was, everybody liked him, you know, and everything along those lines. And, yeah, for sure, he would have won had he got to the end. And Henry probably would have won had he got to the end too. But, like, the thing with Lockie is that he's not a very smart player. Like, I mean, just, you know, summarise the fact that, you know, what was in that tribal council? I've never spoken down to anyone at all, Peter. You call me, what is it, like, uh, Puppet Peter? <laughs> yeah, and I'd call you that again. It's like, you just said that you didn't say yeah, it. The, the idols, the fake idols. Oh I mean, I appreciate, I appreciate he went out swinging and he tried his hardest and he got Michelle to flip, so props. But still, that was so funny. Like, show me. Well, I would never show no, you. No, it's better dramatic. It's a tribal cat. Like, well, you could just show well, me you now. Know, <laughs> in, in credit to him, I mean, I think it's better to show than show someone a, a thing and say, look, it looks like a chicken. <laughs> See the chicken head? But it's just a piece of wood that doesn't look like a chicken. So, but I mean, in fairness um, to that, though, that there are people out there playing this game who wouldn't know. Like, there would be non-fans out there. Like, Lockie fell for it, didn't he? So, I mean, like, it's kind of the chicken idol. But... but you know, as Lockie's, as Lockie you know, said, though, Lockie at that point, because I asked him, I said, well, did you think about making one? And he's like, well, yeah, but at the end of the day, I couldn't. And also, people knew what they looked like at that point, so no one's going to believe it. Yeah. Props to him for trying, yeah. but, you know, he he should have implemented the Rupert Rock strategy. <laughs> <laughs> the Rupert. Is that the first time somebody's ever tried to actually implement a Rupert strategy? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure some people have tried to match his airtime. But... Yeah. Possibly. By, like Philip Shepard probably implemented the Rupert I just, I just want to add just a little one here, maybe just before we get to sort of our moments and our rankings. Just like the middle ground here, just an underrated, one person that, I know we kind of went on this, like an underrated, it can be a fanboy, it can be just something that you think doesn't get appreciated about their game, comes in the edit. Um, I want to throw out there Peter. 
Uh, I just, I, I really want to get him on and looking forward to getting him on for like an... His exit interview was correct. Yeah, I, I really and looking forward to getting him on for like a, a recap episode because I think kind of uh, Andrew touched on this as well. Like it's not Peter's fault that um, he's getting very limited airtime. And I think kind of when we saw Peter, we saw great gameplay from him. And I think kind of Tessa, you know, talking up that she would have fought to the death for him if he had made the tribal council and she was on the jury just goes to show that this guy was so underestimated and like the fact that he's labeled a goat by Lockie, I mean that to me speaks more about Lockie than it does for Peter. But like, yeah, I just one person that I just want to throw out there as an underrated player, Peter, I don't think sadly we'll ever see him again. But I, I definitely think he could have won this game. Uh, you know, had had um, Jericho gone that night and he had taken out Michelle. Uh, he, I mean, he would have beaten Tara. I, I think that, yeah. And his edit would have been completely different, of course. But I just want to throw out that one underrated person. Uh, to me, it's Peter. I don't know if you've got one. Uh, no, I think I kind of touched on it. Annalise, um, you know, I think we pretty much covered it. But yeah, great cast. Really, really good oh, cast. I, People to root for and against. And just, we, we could have keep this conversation going. Like, there's stuff to say about everyone. Crazy, crazy to think yeah. just how negative I was about this cast pregame. Just the fact that, yeah, I, I would, I don't think you would agree with me. The, the best cast ever on all four seasons of Australian Survivor. Oh, yeah, definitely. By far. Uh, now, speaking of which, we're going to get now into uh, sort of ranking some five moments. But um, we're also going to do something a bit different here in terms of. At any of our recaps of each of our TV shows that we're doing, Nip Tuck, Dirt Watch, Lost, you know, we, we generally rank where we would put the season overall. Um, so what we thought we would do here before we get to our five moments is given there has been four seasons of Australian Survivor, is quickly rank all four of them in order. So we're going to go from bottom to top, similar to what we did with like the James Bonds and, you know, all our ones on 007, download now via iTunes. So um, let's rank the four Australian Survivor seasons, Noah. I mean, this on paper might sound like a simple task, but I came up with my four, and it's, I don't think it's going to be in the order that a lot of people would anticipate it to be. But no, I figured. Let's start, let's start with season, the fourth. What to you is the fourth out of the four, the worst of the worst, the four seasons to you? What season would you rank at number four? Well, Ben kind of just sprung this on me, so I haven't had time to actually think about this, but there's only four seasons. It's not like we're ranking 35. Um, it's got to be season one. And, yeah, I know you've kind of come around on it, and I think I was always a bit of a defender. Of I'm not sure. You've listened to the episode I did with Cable. I can't even remember recording it, but I think I've always been, like, a bit more kind on it than most people Um I remember watching it over, like, a two-month period. I'd just watch it a couple a week. And, you know, there's some decent characters on the cast. And I appreciated the challenges were at least unique to the American one. They were bad for the most part, but they were unique. They were always doing something new. Uh, Lincoln, uh, the editing, uh, um, so the production value is just not there. So and I'm maybe not as high as on you are now, but I think I've always been one person who's defended it a bit more and... You know, I think it did do some good stuff, and one day I will rewatch it, even though I thought I never would. Um, but yeah, it's just there's too much of just kind of nothing happening, and it was filmed in Australia. The challenges, the cast there are some great people, but also a lot of unmemorable uh, people. You know, there was a Pagonging. You know, the way the final three kind of played out, they didn't really have a tribal. The first challenge. Just too much went wrong, and it's not a surprise that it didn't get renewed, and we missed out on my cases for this. Um, so I don't absolutely hate it, but I, I think it's got to be four. 
but I suspect you're not going to have a fourth. No, I'm not. I think season two, Celebrity Survivor is fourth. Um, I mean, again, I've only just watched it for the very first. I never watched it when it was on. I remember when it, I first saw it advertised. I was like, eh, really? That's not, to me, Survivor and all this sort of stuff. And I remember you, I listened to that one with you and Cable that you did record. You actually admitted that that was the very first season you ever watched, even before Gabon. Don't tell people. Um, but, like, look, I, the thing with season two is that I don't think it's terrible. I just think out of the four seasons, it's, it is by far the worst. And that's based on two things. You have so many duds on that cast in terms of the celebrities. <laughs> people talk about um, season one when uh, Lucinda voted herself out. There's a logical reason to why she does that, and she explains it in the reunion, which people overlook. Uh, in Celebrity Survivor, uh, Kim Johnson votes herself out, and that's just basically because, oh, fuck, I thought... Kim Johnson was on Celebrity Survivor. Um, yeah, Kim... Survivor Africa's runner-up, Kim Johnson. Yeah, Kimberly Johnson, the dancer. Um, different spelling of Kim. Uh, um, but, no. but, yeah, she... I mean, she just wanted... Not Kim win the thong. Yeah, she... <laughs> this is something with Kim Johnson's they suck on Survivor. But, I mean, she, she literally <laughs> voted herself out because she just couldn't handle it anymore because she's a celebrity. And, oh, I thought there actually was going to be beds here, so I want to go home. And, like... and. Uh, I'm not, Didn't they get a bed in that season? I, I think so, they did. But like, the thing to me, like... They win a bed. The, 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 the thing to me with this one, too, is and I'm not, like, don't please take this as me being sexist, but it was mainly the females in this season that just were all like, oh, oh crap, this is bad, I'm going. Um, and I think kind of, you know, to me, the worst ever player of Australian Survivor was on this season. Uh, I'm not going to say who it is because generally when we get to our rankings, I'll say it. Let's just spoil it and say he's got the same name as somebody from yeah, season four and myself. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> that guy. The most weirdest twist ever. Your reward <laughs> is you win a new player who becomes a new player. What? Who's not a celebrity. <laughs> Your reward is you get more competition. And to me, like, people talk about the outcast twist in Pearl Islands. This outcast twist was ridiculous. They bring it, what, at, like, the yeah. final four? Like, what? Like, completely screwed over the legend that is David Oldfield, who, to me, is one of the <laughs> top five best players of Australian Survivor ever. Uh, and then you've kind of got a very bland final two with an okay winner. And this, this the thing with the editing with this was that we had this hidden thing on this season about a player bribing other players to keep them <laughs> in the game. It's just swept under the rug. Oh, Justin Melvy, you were bribing people? Cool, what do you think, Guy Leach? Uh, like, Dicko, not and the best at interrogating there. <laughs> the, other thing, the other thing is, um, at least in Pearl Island, they at least pretended that the outcasts weren't at Ponderosa. Yeah. <laughs> this one, they had them on the jury, all shaved and fed. And and they had eaten, at least uh, Pearl Island sleeping. pretended. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, I mean, look, you know, again, lots of positives that, uh, that I think people overlook. The editing was a lot tighter than season one. It felt a little bit more like Survivor should. But I also would argue that's more about the development of the US one. Again, when we get to where I rank season one, um, you've got to put it in the context of the time. And, again, my point that I said earlier that these new Channel 10 ones have just made these ones fit into, you know, different sections of, of the history of this show. So, yeah, to me, uh, number four, season two. Uh, what about you for s- number three? Are you going to go with just what I just said, or <laughs> yeah, celebrity survivor? And I mean, you've almost convinced me to put it four. I guess the only reason it would be above is you know the production value was so much higher. It was in Vanuatu, not in Australia, yeah. way less way. Um, you know the cast was kind of duds, but the, you know they didn't take it super seriously. But they were having fun. I feel like yeah. a lot of it during the season. It was just supposed to be like a silly kind of short fun thing. Um, Dicko is much better um, than what's it, Lincoln? 
you know, he's not great. He's the biggest celebrity on the show, but, you know, <laughs> what's he saying? Like, play hard and play Play to hard, win, play fair, but play to win. <laughs> yeah, at, at least he tried to put his own thing into it, which yeah. none of the other hosts ever do. They always just copy probes. At least Dicko tried. Um, I think he had a few other kind of unique things as well. Um, yeah, the outcast stuff is ridiculous, and, you know, that they went to Ponderosa, and I liked the final three as it was. Yeah, so did I. But then to bring in the outcast twist was just like, what? And then to have that final three all voted out in a row, yep. like, um, you know, but all around, I think just the up in editing and production quality and that it's just fun and the challenges are better. They're not memorable, but they're just all around stronger. So, you know, I could put it forth easily, but, you know, it did improve a lot. I think it was the next step. I'm going to be controversial here for my third day. Yeah, I knew this was going <laughs> uh, I'm putting season three. Season five. <laughs> I'm putting season three at number three. I Look, and again, nothing against season three in terms of the overall. I mean, this is a survivor we'd been waiting for. You know, the music, the editing, the feel, overseas. You know, it and a, the anticipation was so much there because it was a complete surprise that this even was happening in Australia. We got it. Um, and my problem with season three though, and why like people are screaming, where can you put season one above season three? I think season three in terms of the casting, we went over it before, like the players went out early. The second half was so just like mundane, except for maybe like two people. Uh, I think kind of the winner, and this is no disrespect to Christy. Uh, I think she's the the worst winner out of all four seasons. And I'm not saying she's a bad winner. I'm not saying she's a bad player. I think if I had to rank the winners, I would rank her number four. Um, and I just think that, you know, given that this season we could at least, season four, we at least expected non-eliminations and they tried to make it a little bit different. They were terrible, but they at least tried. This time around, it just felt so like, holy crap, what the hell was that? Um, and it just, to me, just the fact it's such a seasons of two halves. Whereas all the ones that I'll rank above it, to me, were more complete and the editing was a lot tighter and, and worked a lot better. So, uh, again, still a great season. Uh, you know, when we've only got four seasons to work with, these are going to sound like harsher than they are. But on the end of the day, I can say this is the third best season of Australian Survivor, which still sounds pretty decent on paper, I guess. So, um, number two for you, Noah. <laughs> yeah, it's what you just talked about, <laughs> season three. Um you know, you're right, It was we were all waiting for it, and they did a good job. The production was good. We were worried about it going in, yeah. and it was so much better in terms of so many elements of the first two. Um, the cast was good, but, you know, if you had a cast of 18 with three tribes of six, this would have been so much tighter. I agree. And 39 days, um, there was just trim the fat a bit. You know, there were some big characters, though, and fun people, but, yeah, a lot of them went pre-merge, Phoebe and... Um, Dez and Craig and Andrew and s- some other ones I can't think of. There were some dumb twists. The music was even worse than this one. And, you know, I was... Also has kind of a personal thing with where I was in my life at that point. I just couldn't focus too much on three episodes of Survivor a week. Um, especially when it was just kind of a lot of the same thing over and over. The editing wasn't great, but... You know, that's a fun cast... I think the merge is not that good. Pre-merge, if you're taking the pre-merge, then it's great. Yeah. And I, w- I was so worried about the merge of season four because I'm like, yeah, the pre-merge was great last year as well. So I was worried, oh, is this going to follow the same thing? And it didn't, agree. luckily. Um, I agree. But, you know, it's okay. It's not... If 
Survivor didn't get renewed after this season, it would have been, like, disappointing, but it also would have been like, yeah, we tried once back in the day, didn't work. We had the celebrity one, didn't work. Then we brought it back and we had a decent season. Jono was great, blah, blah, blah. Didn't overly work. That's done. So if they had not brought it back after this one, it would have been sad, but not a big upset. Now after season four, if they don't bring it back, and maybe we can touch on that, it would be a huge upset. But, you know, it was just kind of this thing where they tried it and some things worked, some things didn't. Maybe one day I'll rewatch it. It's a decent season of Survivor, but there are a lot of flaws for it, I think. But, you know, it's good. I agree. No, I think I agree with everything you said. My number two is season one. Um, I mean, look, you asked me this six months ago. There's no way in hell I thought I would have done this. But, um, again, <laughs> having just rewatched it, it just oh, I, I, I surprised the hell out of me because go back and listen to any of our old episodes and we talk about it and I'm so negative against Like, everybody in Australian Survivor history has been about this season, but... It just, it amazed me on a recent rewatch how much it held up and, like, just how much better it was than I remembered. It's been maybe three, four years since I rewatched it. And I remember kind of, because I think this was in the lead up to my to my Lance exit interview, we'd gotten some of the cast on this season. And I was at the weekend before, and I'm like, oh, should I maybe go back and watch season one? I'm like, oh, but it's so boring until the final. Oh, no, I don't really want to. Oh, I'll see how I go on the first episode. Then by the end of the first episode, I'm like, oh, I'll watch another one. Oh, I watched it all in like a day, basically. I was just, I was hooked. And I think kind of the thing that people just kind of don't give it credit for is the cast is so evenly edited. There are definitely some duds on the cast. I'm not saying it's a perfect cast, but even the duds actually have their moments that you forget about. There is a pagonging. You're absolutely right. It's completely, you know, it's worse of a pagonging than any of the American seasons in terms of paper because the only time uh, Tapara goes to, to tribal, I mean, it was a sort of a, a weird challenge and it was kind of coming, but it shouldn't have happened and Kadena basically should have gone every time. But having said that, Kadena was still very close in the challenges. It wasn't like a thrashing, thrashing all the time. But, like, just the the elements of kind of seeing how these early guys were surviving and the survival element that you've got to put into context of these early days. Again, this is comparable now to going back and watching Australian Outback and Borneo to watching Millennials, Gen X and Co. Wrong and these sort of seasons. They're different games because it's different times it's developed. And I think kind of you put into that context, it stands up. The players on this season, so underrated. I think that, you know, we often talk about, oh, there was no strategy, it's all about the M-word. There's actually so much more to it than you actually understand. Like, Rob Dixon, the greatest player to ever play Australian Survivor by a long shot. Shona, so underrated as a player. Joel was a shit player, but he still had his moments. Like, he, it's just awkward watching him play because of who he is now. And Joel, if you ever get out of jail and listen to this, don't come and stab me or anything. But, like, it's still kind of, you know, just that. And Katie, oh, my God, the original villainess, such a great player intriguing episode that last bit and even sort of on the Kadena side of things Craig like basically to me I would argue the very first player to absolutely try and turn a tribe on its head because he knew his writing was on the wall he knew that Tapira were uh, ganging up on him and Craig did so much to try and get himself into that and flip them over and nearly worked in a lot of the time but the dreaded m-word kind of hovers over it and it was always going to be the case so, yeah, underrated, so underrated. I would honestly say everybody out there, if you've just got such a negative opinion like I had, like everybody else has of this season, it's on YouTube. Watch it. I mean, it's definitely got some bad bits to it. Um, the challenges are arguably the worst challenges in the history of Survivor. Lincoln, yeah, he's not the best. He has his moments. Give me me bloody boat back is one of the best um, quotes ever. Uh, but, yeah, I, I definitely think it's 
it's time for people to go back and watch this season again. And uh, hopefully you can join me on my newfound defensive mode of this season. Uh, all right. Well, we've both got the same season for number one. <laughs> season four. Yeah. <laughs> Anything to add? I mean, no surprise. We've already talked about yeah. it all episode. But, you know, this is not only a good season, it's a great season. You know, even great seasons have flaws. Exactly. But it is a great season of Survivor. And as I just said, if season three got cancelled, yeah, it would have been sad. But now I'm hoping that this is an evolution and not a fluke of a season. And, you know, it will be a huge upset if it gets cancelled after this season because... Australian Survivor, after 17 years, 16 years, finally did it. We show we could do a good season of Survivor. And, you know, I, w- I wonder how the legacy will hold up for this season in a few years' time. But I think people will remember it fondly, and it was so much fun over the 10 weeks or so. So, yeah, Australian Survivor finally did it. Yeah, no, I agree with everything you said. And also, one thing I think is important, look at the reaction from fans overseas. You know, we've got uh, Americans, Canadians, they're hooked on our show. Um, you know, we had people from Israel messaging this season, asking questions, saying they were hooked is better than their version. Like, when will Rupert <laughs> come on like our version? Um, so I think kind of that's an important factor too, which I'm sure that they will weigh into it. And I guess kind of before we get to our top five, two things that are, yeah, I think we should quickly mention, you're right, in terms of the future of the show. And also, I think we should talk about Jono for a little bit as well. Um, but just quickly on the future, I mean, again, as we said, there's no, nothing's been announced. Um, I mean, a lot of this is is up in the air too because with the whole Channel 10 situation, I mean, it was literally announced during the week, I think, that Channel 10 shares are worth nothing because they are like <laughs> $1 billion in debt. So, like, if you own shares for Channel 10 and sold them, you're not going to make any money. Like, they're just completely worthless. That's how bad Channel 10 is in its situation at the moment. But CBS obviously are about to buy them. Um, I mean, Channel 10 are kind of cutting the fat. They've just removed the Simpsons. I mean, for God's sakes, like, people think about <laughs> Channel 10 in Australia. The first thing they generally think of is the Simpsons. That is the network that has always shown the Simpsons. Uh, that Neighbours, you would probably say, are the two things they're best known for. They've cut Modern Family. They've cut a lot of ties with these networks in the US. So um, a lot of that's cost-cutting. Uh, a lot of that also comes down to new deals and everything. So uh, people are hopeful that it will come back. Um, Survivor New Zealand got a renewal, and I don't even think that really set. I mean, again, I know it's a different, you know, situation. TVNZ is probably not in financial difficulties, and it's a country of four million as opposed to a country of twenty-four million. So it's you know different different things, but still, I don't think Survivor New Zealand set the world on fire as much as Australian Survivor has, particularly outside of the country as well, which is important. And that's what they did when they renewed it for this season. It didn't rate the best, but they based a lot of their decision on the fans. Like it was trending topic on Twitter constantly, the international feedback. You know, the fan community is and very it was passionate. Stable strong. In the it was yeah, I mean it wasn't terrible. Yeah, like, you're right, it was stable. And like by the end it wasn't like way down to the start. Yeah. Throughout it it was But this is stable. and we've always defended Channel Ten as a network who necessarily isn't the network that buys into ratings. If this was Channel Nine or Channel Seven, it was done. No way. That's why I mean you look at the, the very first season I just talked about, it was rated terribly. And this is back when Channel Nine are the number one network in the country. So of course they're not going to give it another chance when it's not pulling the numbers they want channel 10 gives shows a chance so they've announced that next season they're next year they're still doing the bachelor bachelorette and a new bachelor in paradise uh and you know like celebrity get me out of here is still a big draw card for them as well so i mean in my personal opinion i don't see why it's not coming back but i'm not a tv expert i'm a podcast host so i don't know if you got anything to add on season five potentially yeah fingers crossed because after this season it would be a crime um i think they're gonna get a lot of backlash if they don't bring it back, but also, like, they probably don't care too much about that. 
I think also it's been doing really good, like on template and online. Uh, like, yeah, you've you got to right. give it credit for that. You know, they've got bonus features and stuff on there. Um, so, you know, fingers crossed, but also it can be a ruthless kind of world sometimes, TV. Um, yep. So, you know, they could be thinking, oh, this is our, one of our flagship shows, but if it's not bringing things in, then cut it. Like, why should we, yeah, Survivor fans love it, but why should we keep it going if it's not? Um, They're a network. So, They're going to make money. Fingers crossed. Yeah. So I think that it's in for a chance. I think because I saw an article, I think it sent it to you, and, you know, that article means nothing, let's face it, but it did list kind of some of the shows that were rumoured to be in danger, and Australian Survivor wasn't in that list. So, um, you know, fingers crossed. I think it's a 50-50 right now. Maybe maybe even more. We I should know in about two weeks, when, the, when Channel 10 have their upfront, three weeks to be precise at the time of recording this, November the 6th is when they've got them, and that's generally when they announce it. We might have an announcement beforehand. Who knows? Jonathan Lapalia, I know, did an interview about a week ago, and he said, like, look, we, we haven't got a decision yet. Um, so it's it's kind of, yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye out, and obviously we'll let I mean, you know. Uh, we'll apply. I'll apply. Is, I don't know if you will, but... <laughs> if I had to put a bet on it, I would say it's coming back, but also just don't be shocked if we get there. Yeah, it's been I would agree with that. I mean, let's be honest, two years ago, did we ever think we would be sitting here talking about Australian Survivor again? No. Huh. So who knows what's in store. I mean, for all we know, SBS will pick it up, like, for fuck's sake. Who knows? <laughs> um, that would be interesting. Well, I want to see that survive. <laughs> 10 o'clock at night, Survivor Uncut, SBS. Uh, hosted by Lee Lee Chin, let's hope for it. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jonathan LaPaglia, we should have mentioned him before we get to our top five. Oh, I mean, I just just such an improvement. I mean, actually, I will say, having been binge-watched season three, actually wasn't as, I don't say bad, that's not the right word, but I, I don't think he was as bad as I was thinking he was. But, I mean, such an improvement. This guy, like, I mean, turns into a bit of a dick Jono at Reunion, which I loved. Um, and just, like, this guy's got it made. I mean, between him and Matt from Survivor New Zealand, you know, I, I think kind of if Jeff Probst decides to hang up his, his collared shirt, they've got some good options outside of Jono. the US to kind of look it up. But, yeah, A++ to Jono if we're giving him a rating. Such a good season from him. Oh, yeah, I was so impressed with his development because that's what we kept saying, like, give the guy a chance. And there are some cringy moments in Season 3 where you're like, oh, really? Um, and he seemed uncomfortable in the first episode, but over two years, he's just developed into a great host. He can do the challenges, he can do conversing, he can really get stuff out of people in tribal council. So I was impressed with Matt, but after I saw a Jono 2.0, I was so impressed. Like, he could take over probes. I think Jono's a great host for survival. Let's hope that Matt gets even better too because, like, yeah. the enthusiasm levels of Matt, like, just to me, the greatest moments in Survivor hosting history when Barb <laughs> wins that challenge. Barbs! Oh, my goodness! Like, he just he shat himself in that challenge. <laughs> it was amazing. But even more so than Boston Rob literally carrying his family on his back. <laughs> Like, oh, God, brilliant. But, yeah, Jono, you're a legend. Fantastic. All right. So what we're going to do now, we're going to come up with five moments that we think were the best five of this entire season. And once we come up with five, we're going to put them in order from five to one. And then all things go to plan. We're going to make a little video of this and put it online, which hopefully will get kept online. If it doesn't, you can read a list on our website. Uh, but basically, it, the New Zealand one hasn't gotten taken down, so hopefully Channel 10 won't take it down either with this one. So, Noah, you and I have come up with this task. I've written down 10 moments here, but we're going to whittle these down to five. You've probably got some on your list that are the same as mine. I think you said you've got seven. So uh, give give me some moments that you've come up with, the, the five. And, like, when we say the best moments, like, 
it can be the defining moments. It can be a moment to you that made this season. Uh, I don't think with the New Zealand one, we kind of were a bit, you know, 50-50 on character moments as well as moments that changed this season. So what are some moments you've come up with? Well, I've got nine now that I'm looking at it. Um, but there's a few I've kind of put as substitutes. So maybe I can quickly read them out and you, if anything catches your fancy. Sure. These are ones that are in my top five, but I think are good. Uh, the auction I thought was fun. Mm-hmm. Um AK and his various idol issues, like the chicken <laughs> idol, and when he was on the island, and then Adam was out on the island, and that kind of thing. Because I didn't have any AK moments, so I thought that could be a thing. But I don't know about top five. I'll, re- I'll also um, reiterate too that these need to be scenes, continuous scenes, and not like like um, like us. Uh, you can't kind of have them multiple. Okay, if you know what I mean. So like, it's kind of got to be a continuous scene. Yeah. Um, Henry volunteers to the other tribe was a really memorable kind of shocking moment with Jackie and then Luke's like, yeah, that's awesome. I don't know about top five, but that was in my kind of substitutes. Uh, Jericho and the cookies mm-hmm. I had as a substitute. Um, so they're kind of my four. And then I've got my five, but I don't know if you have any kind of substitutes. Uh, mine are just, I've, I don't necessarily put mine in order. I've, I mean, I will say out of those ones that you just said, the only two that I've got on my list is the Henry swap and Jericho and the cookies. And like, again, kind of, when we analyse this, I mean, you might want to have a character moment on there. So, like, Jericho and the Cookies is, like, a char- character moment, you know what I mean? So, I mean, this, that, they're the two that I've got on my list. Uh, I mean, I didn't have the auction, AK, or the idol bit, but... Uh, yeah, we can get those ones. Yeah. I think... Um, so, some of my other ones, I don't know if uh, this is disqualified then, but I think Luke versus Sarah, that was such a great kind of... I don't know if it's too drawn out but it was over one episode maybe like the scene where they kind of came together and like there was at least one scene where they were sort of analyzing each other if you know what i mean i just thought it was such a great thing where they were going at each other and everything was in meltdown and jericho was like oh no my two biggest allies and then they went tribal and they were fighting but they didn't have to actually vote out each other um uh one that i'll be fighting for is you know you have to have one fun moment in here uh, so I'll be fighting for this one, is the reward challenge at the waterfall. Uh, way back when, it was like episode 7 or something. I don't know if you remember it, but it had so many great character moments. It was, oh, was that f- a sung yeah. go on reward. And it was so great because Henry and Luke, both like big players, like they both steal this little satchel it's thing. It's a clue. Yeah, and they're both <laughs> going, and it's such a fun little moment that I think... US Survivor would probably cut nowadays. They would maybe show it, but they're both kind of, oh, I'm watching Henry, I'm watching Luke, and they both each get one, and they're like, kind of hide it, hide it from everyone, and then they both got a sewing, well, not like scissors, like tweezers. And, yeah, yeah. And it's just so funny, but that's not the only moment, because then we also get Kent being hilarious. He's talking about, oh, you know, uh, Ben, he's been looking at the mirror more than anyone else. <laughs> any of the girls here and and then Luke he for some reason he's shaving his testicles I don't know why he's doing that uh, I get forgot about that yeah. And, yeah and then you know pretty much everyone gets a confession kick Jackie I just watched rewatched it Jackie's talking about oh I would sleep with myself and, <laughs> um Shell gets a moment Sarah gets a moment there's just so much going on and such we lose kind of fun rewards nowadays in Spider so I'll fight for that as a fun moment um I put in the final challenge because coming off Christie's final challenge, that was always going to be so hard to top, to do the same challenge again and get so so many moments because that was so memorable. 
but they I think they delivered, you know, at night time and Tara was great and yeah it was drawn out, but I liked that it was drawn out. I liked it. You really got the sense that they're fighting, kinda of like Palau. And they really went at it for five hours, the waves crashing up, Tara really trying so hard. Um and then Peter eventually having to sit down and he was obviously crying. I would be too after five hours and having to step down and then all of them kind of huddling and then that great little moment where the wave comes up and lights the fight, gets the fire uh, extinguished is a great kind of end to that scene. I just think coming off season three, it was going to be so hard to top that final challenge and they kind of edited it differently and, you know, made it about how far they've come. And I think that it was really dramatic. I liked it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then my final two, which I think both absolutely belong in the top five, is Henry gets blindsided. Mm -hmm. Uh, We can talk about that more, but, you know, that moment. And one that would probably be my number one is Annalise gets super idled out, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. works on so many levels, which we can talk about in a minute. But they're they're my kind of top five, along with my two substitute ones. Well, uh, yeah, the the last two you said I had, so I, I wrote it as Henry doesn't play idle and Ziggy plays super idle. Um, the other ones here that I've got that weren't mentioned, I've got Michelle versus Jericho in the fire challenge, as well as oh, yeah. Michelle versus Jericho in general, that argument that they had in the shelter that led to the fire challenge. Um, cause I think that kind of defined the final four. Mm. Um, I've got Michelle winning that immunity that she won the car from, cause that went to about Lockie's elimination, you know, two seconds and kind of that changed it. A fun oh, moment, yeah. a fun moment I put in. I'm not fighting this. I don't think you will, but I'm sure if we had a female on this, it would be when Lockie shows his bum. I mean, <laughs> eh. no, that a- was memorable. Yeah. Um, Pete's mutiny, which again, like it, to me, it didn't really lead to much though. So I just kind of put it there as a thing. Um, one blindside that I think was kind of sort of important early was Amy's blindside, just because kind of that really swung uh, how obviously Summer Tower went. And obviously it led to Tara sort of going the way she went. Um, and no, you, that's the other ones I've already, you, Henry swaps is what I've, I've already got there. So, I mean, there's four here that I think we've got that we both agree on. Um, um I lo- the one I like out of that is Michelle winning the challenge by seconds. Um, that's my favorite out of those other ones. That you well, look, I, I think that, I think you make a very good selling point for the, the reward. Um, yeah, you need one fun moment. There's just so many character moments. Well, I think I think we could have two character moments and three big ones. So to me, our five could be the Sunga Award, Jericho and the... Co- I think we need to have a Jericho moment. I just think we need to have a Jericho. And I think that cookie's defined him a lot by the end. So I think kind of Sunga Award, Jericho cookies. Then we could have uh, Henry swaps. Mm, Henry doesn't play Idol. And then Ziggy but doesn't. I don't know if we need... True. I agree with the four. The only one I don't think... You know, it's memorable, but I would say that's a top ten Henry switches. I don't know if that's a top five groundbreaking moment, but I agree with the other four. Okay, well, if we take Henry out, so for our fifth one, uh, would you have Michelle immunity, or would you have... Well, I think it's got to be a challenge moment, and I would either say Michelle immunity, final challenge, or fire breaking challenge. I don't one think I, I, I personally wouldn't buy into the final challenge one. I mean, I, I agree with the epic proportions of it. I just don't think that at the end of the day, it. it I mean, if this was last season, you would have it on. Um, but I just think that yeah, like it was epic. Yeah, it was brutal. Yeah, it was well shot. But I mean, we all knew that no matter who won was going to take Tara. So I kind of think that it just, it didn't have 
you know, as much riding on that as much as the Christie one did. That would be my opinion. But, um... Well, I like Michelle winning by seconds, taking out Lockie and getting a car more than five rows. Okay, so that means our five would be uh, the Asunga Award, uh, Michelle winning Immunity, Jericho Cookies, Ziggy playing the Super Idol to cancel out Annalise, and Henry doesn't play the Idol. So, okay, so if that's it, we're happy with that five, what order would we put this in? Well, I think we need to leave Henry and Annalise near the top, mm-hmm. so we can talk about the bottom two. Um... I mean, reward challenge is just a fun one, but I'd, so I'd put it either fifth or fourth. I'd put that fifth, Jericho Cookies fourth. Yeah, Michelle challenge three. Hang on, fifth, fourth, third, done. All right, so uh, Henry not playing his idol or Annalise getting cancelled out. What's number one to you? Well, I think Annalise getting super idled out, and i just briefly explain, because I think it works on so many levels, because... The first level is, can you believe Ziggy played the Super Idol that early? Mm-hmm. The second level that it works so well is, Annalise was her ally! Yep. Like, of course we later learnt that, you know, there was stuff going on behind the scenes, but it's not like Ziggy was playing this against her enemy. Like, this was against her ally to keep Lockie into the game. Agreed. Um, the other way that it works so well is, Annalise played her idol correctly The only successful night. idol play. Home. Yeah. Yes, she was going to, like, perfect, like, great, Annalise. This is what the idol's for. You saved yourself. Everything's great. And then, oh, my God, he actually did it. it's history-making, too. It's never happened before. So, that, yeah, I agree. And I just felt so bad for Annalise that it was just, she played her idol right. There was so much going on leading up to that vote. So, I just think that works on so many levels. Um, Yeah, I can't disagree with that. I would agree. I would put that first. Yep. But I think Henry getting blindsided very worthy of second place because, you know, we had Lockie, play your idol, play your idol, and it was like, Henry was a frontliner for maybe the win, and he's got an idol, and he keeps going and going. It's like, and the editing was amazing. The editing was one of yeah. those ones where, like, like I think I mentioned this on the recap, like, ads piss us off when they go just before they read the vote. That was a perfect ad break. Like, if anyone has a hidden immunity mm-hmm. idol, now it's time to play it. Cut to Henry. Strand Survivor. This and he was a Lee on a car ad. Like it's it's bang. It's like it's done. <laughs> it's so few moments in Survivor where I legitimately get nervous yeah. nowadays. But I'm like, oh my agree. god, is he gonna play it? Is he is he completely and, agree? And you know, um this was straight after the Annalise one, so this week of Survivor, we were worried the merge wasn't gonna be good, but this happened. The biggest player was out with an idol in his pocket. It was just you know, there's so many good things for this moment, so very worthy of being the second, I think. I think we've got a pretty decent top five there, Noel Grows. Um, yeah, I'm happy with that. If you're happy with that, so just go over that for everybody at home. Again, we will. Well, I'm going to at least put a do a video, and if it gets taken down, well, it's out of my control. But so number five is the Asunga Award, where they went to the waterfall. Um, we don't have the episode numbers here, but we'll obviously. Uh, you can kind of yeah. Anyway, uh, number four is Jericho and the Cookies. Uh, number three, Michelle wins immunity by seconds over... Like, it's a car, car immunity, of course. Uh, number two, Henry does not play his idol and is voted out. And number one, uh, Annalise plays her idol, but is promptly cancelled out by Ziggy playing her super idol. So, uh, 
there you go. That's our top five. Again, video done. If not, the top five will be posted on our website, uh, theoznetwork.net. I think we're pretty much covered it here, Noah Groves. Uh, again, um, a lot of people who back in the day when they listened to our Ozcats probably hoped that this is how we would do them. Uh, Ozcats generally took us four hours. This has taken us 90 minutes. So, But I will say, again, that uh, just quickly, I've mentioned this before. We've had people message in asking if we're going to go back and do Ozcats for the US ones that we've missed. Um, again, yes, we will be, and we will do them in Ozcap format, but not anytime soon. <laughs> so just keep an eye out for that. We we obviously uh, done an Ozcap every season up to Co-Rong. We just haven't done a Millennials Gen X or a Game Changers, so they will be done eventually. And and one thing I would honestly like to do at one point in the future again is to maybe cover more so the Australian ones. Uh, and I think kind of one thing that would be a long thing that I would love to do, and maybe Cable and I might do it, you might do, I don't know, is like actually do episode recaps on the first two seasons um, because that's never been done before in, in my eyes in terms of podcasting and be able to come through and defend the first season at least. So anyway, that's just something we need to do. But we're going to be doing an Australian Survivor rankings cast uh, within the next couple of weeks. Cable and I are going to be doing that. 76 Australian Survivors have played this game. We're going to be ranking all of them. Uh, so stay tuned for that one, as well as our Australian Survivor Hall of Fame. Still in the works. We'll stay tuned with all that sort of stuff. But that's where our Australian Survivor coverage is heading at the moment. And as soon as we know if a Season 5 is happening, we will let you know. Noah, anything you want to add before we close this out? No, such a fun season. Glad I got to come back and talk about it. And congrats to Jericho and fingers crossed for season five. Indeed. Big congratulations to Jericho once again. Uh, all our episodes online, of course, all our exit interviews, 23 of them at least. Uh, well, 24 technically because we did speak to Tessa twice. Uh, they're all still online. Our recap episodes with former contestants still online. TheOzNetwork.net. Find them there. Survivor still continues, of course, with our US Survivor coverage. Heroes, Healers, Hustlers. Um, we'll let you know if our Patrick exit interview gets rescheduled. Obviously, we had the technical issues with that one, uh, which was unfortunate. But uh, I can tell you that our recap of this week will be the lovable man that everybody loves, Billy Garcia, the herpes of Survivor. He's back. Um, I won't be hosting that one. That will be hosted by Colin. Uh, I'll still be doing the exit interview this week, though, if all the technical things go to plan. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but we'll post more about Billy uh, in a day or so, so you can get some listener questions into him. It's been fun covering it, though. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. Subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all the usual channels. Uh, but to close it out, my name is Ben... And I am putting a closing together right now. And my name is Noah, and I'll speak to you next time on the train. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.